is Amanda. And this is Chris. And this is Vocal Perspective. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Vocal Perspective. We are so lucky to have Tessa Walker here with us. She is a music educator, and she is also a member of Pursuit, the reigning Harmony Incorporated Quartet Champions and Harmony Queen. Hi, Tessa. How are you? Hi, Tessa. I'm great. Hi, everybody. I'm really happy to be here. We're excited to have you. And for those, she's like one of the most colorful people I've ever met. I'm sad for all of you that this is only audio. (laughs) They could use their imagination. Now I could be anything. I could have anything on me. So tell us how you got into this crazy world of acapella music. Sure. I guess I should preface by saying I've always been in chorus. I've always been a singer. And when I was in fourth grade, you chose between orchestra band and chorus. And I picked chorus. But I don't remember that being like a decision. Like I just knew that I was going to be in chorus. I don't. I don't ever remember <laughs> mulling over if I should be in band or orchestra because my family life choices at age nine. I did that. <laughs> yeah, and and my family was musical. My mother sang to us and my dad played guitar like it was a musical household but I was always the singer one and so I chose singing and I didn't really feel like acapella music was a big deal truthfully in the world yet either it wasn't kind of mainstream as it is at the moment and so my first introduction to it besides of course those amazing like choral acapella pieces that I feel like you always find eventually in your higher chamber ensembles that are really pretty and we always had the Eric Whitakers of course and things of that nature mine is the the Beeble Ave Maria or the yeah like the octet or yes. 16 parts or two eight part chord I don't even remember what it was it was incredible yeah yes yes it does but I never really was like acapella singer it wasn't something that was brought up often and in high school my ninth grade year I actually had a, a terrible choir experience my teacher was abusive verbally physically all the terribleness and as someone who loved singing I wanted to find a different outlet because what yeah. should have been my favorite subject of the day, my outlet, my love. I dreaded going to that class, which is like not what's supposed to happen. (laughs) And so I longed for something that should fill that void musically. And the one thing I always say she did right is she advertised what was a a Diva Day festival. That Song of Atlanta show chorus, a Sweet Alliance chorus in Atlanta was putting on. I'm pretty sure this was the first year they did it as well. So I was 14 in ninth grade and it was advertised and I actually went originally because the guest performance was I think their name was the Atlanta Girls Choir and I'm sorry if I'm remembering that wrong but they were supposed to just act on the concert that night and I was like maybe I'll want to join them like maybe that will be my thing and then I can join I can drop chorus in school well I went and it was a day full of barbershop we sang two songs Debbie Cleveland was the clinician like whoa (laughs) yeah (laughs) very good introduction to barbershop they're like here we're just gonna bring the queen of all queens mic drop it's like you might as well just be done. And of course, to me, I just think she's incredible. I have no idea her credentials whatsoever. Right. You don't have to at all. Exactly. And I loved it. I had an amazing day. I we, I think we sang One Fine Day and I think Debbie's version of When I'm 64, like the Young Women Harmony old school arrangements. And I had a great time. And we went about the whole day. It was a day workshop. And at the end, the concert happened and the Atlanta Girls Choir went on stage and they were lovely in their floor length black gowns not really smiling, singing beautifully the way choirs normally did back then, of course. And I was like, well, 
that's not really what I'm looking for, I guess. And then Song of Atlanta performed and they wore their red top to bottom sequins jumpsuits and they opened up with, I think, Melody and I. I mean, jumpsuits. We're not talking like dresses and, you know, show choir. No, we're talking like, watch these ladies go. Yeah. Each lady had like a different design. So some are off the shoulder, some are like, like, I remember this specifically. I think Melody and I decided, we think it was the smile medley that they sang, but they sang a tune-up chord and it was like barbershop lights up, red sequins, disco ball. And I actively turned to my mother who was sitting either right next to me or right behind me and I said this one I picked this one and I watched <laughs> the whole thing and then I walked right up to a woman in red sequins who happens to her name to be Karen Savard and I walked up and I said when are rehearsals and she was like of course you know of course like a, a barber shopper is always yeah. like oh with this you know they're so excited because like they don't really think we're all gonna show up but I did <laughs> um and I joined a month later and that was kind of it and that was my first real like acapella experience was with barbershop music and that's why it's kind of my first love and truly I think at that time modern acapella wasn't as big as it is today anyways it still had to go through its entire transformation as well all right tessa drop the number here what year are we where where i missed it where are we at i was when i joined barbershop i was 14 years old and it was 2010 oh my goodness (laughs) (laughs) chris and i are like we're so old (laughs) we actually came down to atlanta and did a show epic did somewhere in that 20 i guess it would have been in the 2012 world so i don't were you around were you down there probably if it was specifically with song of atlanta or no. atlanta vocal project i was if not I yeah, probably some of the atlantic yet. some of the atlanta vocal project people came over and were hanging out so i just it was it's such a small like oh my gosh i'm thinking that would have been what like three more years or two more years after that so she would have been like six Yep. <laughs> and I was having like having a baby and like okay. I had a I had a three year old by then, so it's fine. We're fine. It's okay. Fine. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Anyway, we're and, and Tessa, were you as colorful there? I mean guys, she has the most beautiful blue hair right now. You don't understand. She goes from different colors, but I've always seen her with like blue green. That's kind of always been the world that she's been in. I don't know if she's done others, but were you as commanding as what I want to say? My word for you is like you step, you step on stage, you sit down at this camera. I'm imagining it's the way you are as a teacher. Like, were you like this when you were it 14 is, as is. well? I got to watch her. That, thank you. There were so many <laughs> lovely compliments all at once. <laughs> I can't stop. Um, I'm sorry. No, thank you. Yes, I guess I would say. It makes sense. I mean, that you would just walk up to somebody random and be like, I want to be in your group. Amazing. Yes. yes. I but mean, it just shows us who we attract. So yes. And that's a great thing. And in high school, because of that situation I talked about in chorus, I ended up not quitting and was there all four years, but because I had an outlet that I knew was a safe space. And so then what happened is I became a really big leader in the choir program and often ran the show because the teacher was incapacitated for whatever reason that yeah. day, which was great training for my music education career. I mean, I always said my teacher in high school taught me a lot, taught me a lot of what not to do, but completely valuable <laughs> nonetheless. Yeah. And so I did, I stayed in course. I, I was section leaders. I would run rehearsals. I would do warmups a lot of times because like that was, or the program, like it just wouldn't happen. <laughs> so yes, I think I was as far as like colorful and things. I've always had like a quirky side. I like hot topic we were talking about earlier. I know. <laughs> it was like a fun store of my like age group. It's funny. Day. That's what inspired my first championship quartet's name. It was, we were walking in the mall and we were like there's got to be some good inspiration here and I think we all looked over and we're like ooh flames would be fun to market with and that's what we went with and from there too hot to handle our one and only one hit wonder CD was perfect. born <laughs> and perfect, perfect. <laughs> let me see Tessa 
I won my first crown in 2000 and, give me a second, three? I think it's two. Three. Something three, because yeah, three, Epic was 12 and it was almost 10 years. So what were you doing so, in 2003, Tessa? Three? Second I grade. was, yeah, I would have been, <laughs> and not 10 yet, I would have been. There. Here we go. So see, <laughs> I was knowing about Hot Topic before you were probably allowed to even shop at Hot well, Topic. Probably. Chris, so I'm, like, so your name, I was always wondering if that's kind of where the inspiration it came did. from. However... I love Hopper Soup. I want to. Um, I love this story. Cool. And also the pizza. Like, can you please just tell us the whole story? I want story the story on record right now. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, the story of how Hopper Soup became Hopper Soup. I don't think I've ever told this story without the rest of my quartet giggling at me. So, this will be fun <laughs> imagining their faces. Well, we had the absolute worst time trying to find a name. In fact, we joke, but it is absolutely the truth. Condra and Michaela could not agree. At one point, me and Melody were like, literally anything. And Michaela and Condra could not find anything that what that both of them like it went on for a very long time <laughs> and at some point we were either trying to do a show or introduce ourselves to our family choruses which at the time were song of atlanta and scenic city both sweet airlines groups and we like needed something to be called like it was kind of the point where it's like we need to get on this train okay and jokingly and i don't know who it was i think maybe it's condra but jokingly, someone was like, what if we just call ourselves Cheese Pizza? Because we always ordered it on retreat weekends. So we were obviously staring at it. Because And that was a joke because everyone likes Cheese Pizza. Like that was the, the thing. Let's just name ourselves Cheese Pizza because no one dislikes Cheese Pizza. And all four of us were like, yeah. So that was the, <laughs> the first name we all agreed on. And we introduced ourselves to our home choruses as Cheese Pizza, which they still call us that lovingly. We are Cheese Pizza to those like group of people. people. That's how you know, right? If they're yeah. like the OGs. Like yes, the original, you know. OG groups. Yes. And we actually sang I think that very weekend for a group of people at the Hind Castle at the Hind House oh, and Hind Castle I like that better that's more appropriate but those people who don't know the Hinds it wouldn't make any sense <laughs> yes they'll go googling Hinds Castle and they won't find it and they'll be sad <laughs> it's not a restaurant but you know the Marins are there I don't know if that name rings any bell to anyone but we sang for them and I think Sandy Marin was like you guys are too good to have a joke name and we were like oh which like for Darn all personalities it. we were like we could definitely still pull off a joke but her <laughs> point was that we would definitely be going further than one contest and we might want to reconsider having a name that might have more longevity which she has a point point. and so we again had to sit down and be like i don't know what to agree on because it took forever and finally we got to hot pursuit and i'm pretty sure i remember i don't know who said it but i remember me and mel were kind of not having the conversation because again we were not the ones that had the issues and it just came up someone said it and all of a sudden it was like we weren't paying attention i think michaela said it because she had a list and conjure went yeah i like that and everyone's like everyone's head was like oh wait 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 <laughs> the portal has opened jump through go 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 Exactly. And we're like, all right, fine. It's done. Conversation over. Hop proceed. <laughs> I think we enjoyed how many things we could make up with the acronym HP, <sighs> which was a fun thing we did for a while. I think our Facebook name is still like hot pantsuit or something. It's not. Actually... It is. It's something different. It's not hot. Yeah. Because for a while we just started naming ourselves anything. <laughs> and I'm just sitting here going like, think of all the stories you could come up with why your symbol is a piece of drippy cheese pizza. You know, like, I mean, it doesn't have to be the real cheese, the pizza story, which is amazing, but it could be like, we're on a hot pursuit for pizza. Like we don't, then all of a sudden we started singing the barbershops, acapella stuff. What is that? So I think it's, it it's... works really well. So cheese pizza became our mascot because we couldn't shake it because everyone who knew us still 
called us cheese pizza. And I think as like Harmony and, Queen. Okay, just to go back, the Facebook page is Hot Potato Cortex. Thank you. Yeah. Somebody's, somebody's <laughs> updated it. And like, I think within our world of queens, we can, in both Sweet Adelines and Harmony Incorporated, we can get a little too, I always say this serious? all the time, we take ourselves too seriously sometimes, right? <laughs> and so we forget the fun side and the, the quirky, and we forget the characters in our quartet that make us the group that people want to see, right? So I think when she told you guys you were more than a joke quartet, it was like your little homage to say, yeah, we're not a joke. Right. Yeah. But we are definitely a quartet who is personable. We are approachable. We don't take ourselves so right. seriously so that we all. can't experience music. We still feel while we're performing. We're not robots. And I'm not, there's nobody that's robots, I think, in acapella. And, and when you get up into that higher level, but you know, your name also speaks for that. When you hear, when you see Hot Pursuit and we see you, we think, I want to know more about this group. I want to get, yes. I want to be friends with I want to be friends. Oh yeah. I want to eat pizza. I think she was sticking up for the fact that she knows that there's potentially a generation gap of people who would totally get it and people yeah. who would get it at all. And she was looking out for us to know she wants us to be taken seriously by everyone rather than just the people who get us off the bat. Love but, it. Yeah. So until now you have a, a two-year reigning champion as Queens. Yes. Um, up until that, you guys had quite a run though. So you won some contests in Sweet Adelines and then you came over in, in Harmony Inc. and blew us all away. So tell us a little bit about how that all happened. Sure. We formed to compete in the Sweet Adeline's Rising Star Contest, which is a contest for youth 25 and under treble singers. And Melody and I have tried to win that contest five times <laughs> in our <laughs> career of many quartets. And Wait, so you guys just didn't like walk on stage, like meet each other, like discover barbershop three weeks before, walk on stage and win? Yeah, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> Took a lot of work. <laughs> yes, this was me and Melody's like reigning moment from all of our times. I met Melody obviously at that Diva Day workshop, but we became closer friends when I actually joined her mother's chorus. And I was going to mention earlier that she is quite as colorful as well. And kind of once we became friends, we fed off of each other's <laughs> uniqueness. Oh, your whole, your whole quartet. Like I can't even like put into words for listeners. Like if you put the four of them in one room, I'm pretty sure like something shifts in the cosmic energy <laughs> of like the oh, fabric of life, right? Glitter. Like, I mean, it just, it really does happen. And <laughs> I've only gotten where? the chance to be around them a few times because we got a whole year I stripped know. away from us. Like this was the time when we were going to get to really have our time with Hot Pursuit, but I don't want to stop her talking about her journey, but I want to say thank you so much for the history and digging into Harmony Incorporated. Like you uncovered things that I myself never got a chance or time dedicated to doing that. And I think it was really special. So thank you. I, I feel like I got to know you there. So that was what it was. Thank you. As the, as the sidebar really quick before I go back to our rising star, but yes, it was just, it was our year to get to know Harmony Inc. and for Harmony to get to know us. We didn't know we would go out and win no. our first year competing. That's not the goal. Like the goal is to get there and have a great time and do our best. And so when that was given, it was an amazing opportunity, but it was really important to the quartet as a whole that we didn't feel like a quartet that came, swept that away and left. Because you could easily have we're disappeared. Not going <laughs> you could have easily disappeared right. during this. Exactly. But no one knows we're not that type of quartet because no one knows us yet. And so it was really important to me that the quartet had a chance to express that 
truth and that we're not going anywhere and we love Harmony Inc. for everything it stands for and we're advocates. And so that was part of that journey of, of doing that because that was robbed of us. You know, we were going to go to so many area contests and talk to Harmony Inc. members and get to know them and be part of that family. And so, and you all would, and you will, like, that's just who you guys are. I think I see members of your quartet at more barbershop events collectively <laughs> than like other quartets in all of the organizations put together. Like everywhere I'm at, I'm like, there's a member of Hopper Suit here. And there might be too. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Very plausible, very plausible. But so we, we created ourselves. We, we joined each other because we had one goal of wanting to get this contest. Condra's the oldest member. And so she was slowly running the clock of how eligible you can be because it has to be 25 and under. And so we formed, we went out, competed our first time in 2017 did not win. And the next year we just, it was the last year we were eligible. We knew we had to give it everything we've had and more to do anything close to remotely do what we wanted to do. And we won, which was awesome. And that was like a culmination of all the things. We worked really hard. Um, and how many years now at this point, how many years collected? I mean, would you say it's been on your journey at this point? How many years did it take you guys? For Hot Pursuit or for me and Mel? I guess for you and Mel, I mean, from from the beginning, like... So my first quartet with Mel that competed in the Rising Star Corn contest, I was 16. Yeah. So, so and I was 22, 23 when we won. So, yeah. Five different years. Yeah, it's yeah. a lot. You learn a lot in that. And Lots you... of friends. Yeah. And so we had been together three or two or two years, I think, two or three years at that point, Hot Pursuit had. But that was our only thing we worked for. That was our goal that we formed. So every time we got together, that was what we were working towards. And little Groundhog's Day ish, probably. It probably started to feel a little <laughs> bit like, is there more out there? Yeah. And so thankfully, I mean, still it seems crazy that all those stars aligned and we did end up winning that in 2018 and joined the ranks of all the amazing people that have won that in the past. We sat down and had to be like, well, what's next? Because we didn't want to not exist, but technically our only point of existing at this point was this contest. And so we had talked about before, me and Melody and previous quartets about wanting to join HI or attend conventions and see what that world is all about. Condra was actually an HI member before with on Q, yes. her course. And so she knew that world a lot better, but she- But even her, she had been, you know, they'd been so far away, like out there in the distant nowhere's land of <laughs> New Mexico. <laughs> um, for those of you who are unfamiliar with Harmony Incorporated, we have a very vast area four. It starts basically in Indiana and goes all the way to the West, to Hawaii. And like we, but we're working on expanding out there. Even as much as she could know, she still was at a massive disadvantage. She was in college. She can't travel. Yeah, she was traveling around. So she had taken a break pretty much from most rubber shop besides this quartet. And so at least, I almost said legally, but I mean formally, what I meant by that. She would attend conventions, but she wasn't necessarily an official member necessarily because of just all the things that were happening in all of our lives. And so it was a nice time for her to feel like coming. she was coming home. And so we sat down and we said, well, what are we going to do next? And we decided that that's what we wanted to do. It was the first time for me and Mel that we'd sat down with the quartet and all four members were on the same page about one, wanting to learn more about the organization, two, wanting to like be a part of the organization, and three, knowing that doesn't affect our membership in other other organizations. Because I feel like that's a weird it's myth. It's hard. That it's definitely a myth to, to debunk right there, right? But, but it's hard because what you do have to look at it as two completely separate organizations. As much as we share the the commonality of we all sing barbershop and we common, there's common members too, right? But it's okay to celebrate what one organization, I mean, we all have our own mission statement 
performance and our own campaigns for that year, right? So those are things that you can take into account. Like I could be a member of multiple music for like above, right? Like NAFME, and you can be a member of NEA and they offer you different things. And I think that's important to remember. It's also when it's such a family, everybody is both organizations and all of them so family driven. You Harmony Inc. is mostly volunteer. I mean, I don't even know if we, I mean, might not even have, we have one paid position, I, I think. think. One paid, and yeah. Sweet Adeline's, they have their board that is all, you know, those are elected positions and then you have some paid positions, but you become more than an organization that's run for like numbers or money you become an organization that you do have to like think of feelings right you do have to sit down and have that conversation with your quartet and and you have to prepare yourself my quartet hot topic we won very quickly even though many of us had already been harmony inc members we didn't have a chance for people to get to know us either and i remember how that felt and that wasn't that i didn't spend seven years in another amazing organization working toward an amazing feat i i didn't even have that right so i can't imagine what it feels like when you try to come into a new organization, learn a new set of principles and guides and lines. And you guys have done it beautifully. So wear that crown tall, girl. Yeah. So that was kind of where we're we excited to see what your crowns will look like, to be honest. So that was, I, was like, I cannot wait to see what their permanent look You guys like. have had to wait so long. It's not fair. All the queens will know the traveling crown, the old one, was the worst pain I'd ever endured. I mean, people are like, you want a crown? I'm like, I know. And I totally sound like I'm being snarky, but it hurt. It was heavy and it was not awesome. <laughs> so like you just sat going, I'm doing it so I can get these little tiny cones. Thank you. Can you yes. tiny light thing that I can just go yes. like a bobblehead. Yes. I hear no, you. And truthfully, I think I would be more bummed if I had the real crowns and couldn't perform with them. It's one <laughs> tiny like them? reward has been that like, I know that we've had one in-person opportunity to wear our crowns in February of 2020. And then any other opportunity has been like on a Zoom. But I think it would hurt more if I knew that it was like mine and I had no yeah, opportunity to sting a little bit more than it does with the traveling. Oh, yeah, I want to be there to celebrate it. And I want to be able to watch you uh, get yeah. it. And I love that. That's one of my most favorite traditions. Just like yeah, with Sweet Adeline's when they, moment. when Sweet Adeline's <laughs> unveils the crown for the, you know, for the convention like there's that there's just that oh and then with harmony inc it's like we wait and it's this huge ceremony and it's a presentation of the oh my gosh can you imagine what hot pursuit is going to be able to show us about their years as reigning queens like i can't wait <laughs> prepping the tissues now and the laughing you guys are also hilarious and very entertaining and you take us on an emotional ride it's just wonderful and i'm sad that we haven't seen you guys on shows but i'm so glad to know that you're so young you have all this time to do shows once we get back on the... I'm not worried about you running out of time there, Tessa. Yes, I'm the youngest of the quartet, so the quartet can can be the, the angrier ones. <laughs> I definitely don't want us to like get through this call without talking about you as an educator, Tessa. Like We've talked about you from getting into this when you were 14, and we've talked about your journey in barbershop, but what I'm watching you push through and stay true to right now being an educator. I'm impressed is a word, but I hate that I'm impressed because I don't want to watch you go through this. I was a teacher for 13 years in public education and a couple years in private. And I don't know if I were a teacher right now, if I would be able to stick it out. And I just wanted to give you an opportunity to just talk to us, give us your perspective of how it's going right now for you. Is this your first year or are you second year? Where are you at, Tessa? Like, this is my second year teaching. I technically haven't had a full year because in March of my first year, we went virtual. So technically I have not taught 
for an entire year yet of my career. In person, you've taught, yes. you've gone above right. and But I would say, I think it would be worse if it actually were my first year. I put out my feelers for those that are actually first years and for student teachers, because I don't know what I would do if I didn't get the student teaching opportunity that I had, because that's kind of where I learned the most. So I feel for my student teachers right now and my first year teachers, because I think even though I'm going through it as a beginning teacher, I still, that seems harder than even what I'm doing. And of course, experienced teachers, this is not, we're not trained for this. So it's just like the beginning anyways. I don't know if I could say this on the podcast, but it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, whatever you want. <laughs> my thought here was, I wanted you to just like real quick, tell me rank and you can think positive because I know how us teachers work. Like we're, you know, we're three positives for every negative. That's just where we live. If you had to say like the thing that's the hardest, but the thing that's been the most rewarding. I want you to be able to give both. So Sure. Well, I would like to shout out that so far, my county has shown that they care about the lives of their teachers and their students and their parents and their families. And that's why we've been virtual since March. And I know for them, the board and other things, it's hard for them to make that decision because I know there's a group of people who don't want that to be the case. But I personally thank my county for considering the feelings and life of their patrons. And so even though virtual is definitely not ideal, I think feel safe and I know that I'm safe and I know that my students are safe and you know and you're supported by your county and you're not waking up every day wondering if the place you work is going to support you or your students or their families so that's that's a beautiful feeling that's lovely yeah and every day gets harder because every day more people push for whatever needs but so far I I still would like to think because many teachers don't haven't even had the time that I've had that we have in our county to be virtual so that's always been like my first and foremost I try not to forget that even on the toughest days because like we're all still here all my students are alive all my teacher friends at least in our, this county are alive and it's that's important i think just vaguely and in general it's very difficult to have a music class. I think I'll sum it up as music, but singing in general, but music class online, it's not meant to be that way. There is no design for it. Even in the collegiate level, there was never a world where someone was teaching an online singing class. That's like not the a thing. worst social yes. experiment ever. Yes, yes. And it's so, because of that, it's very difficult to, one, show how fun it is or how cool it can be. Because like online singing isn't fun, you know, like that's not, I wouldn't wake up and choose that <laughs> over anything else. So to look at these teenagers and try to convince them of fun, either that they knew before, or like my ninth graders have no clue, trying to convince them of this magical unicorn of what singing in person can be is difficult because there's no basis for it. And I think that's the hardest part is trying to convince these kids that like this is temporary and like it is better whenever it can be better. And so I think a lot of music programs are hurting yeah. like in numbers. Let's get real. Like kids are not students. And I hate to, I hate when I get all like, I'm not going to call them kids because they are. But students, they don't jump into choir like you or me or likely Amanda did. They didn't walk in being like, I don't know, I was just always going to do this. Like I, I lettered in all three, band orchestra and choir, and I don't know how I did it. And we were on trimester block scheduling. I'm pretty sure my mom did things that were probably not like legal. I don't know. She was a teacher. We're not going to go into my records there. I graduated. This is an exploratory time. And this is when we should be encouraging exploration. And we will have that 10%. It's like a weird bell, right? 
right? You have that small group that should be there and, and wanted to be there for life. And you have the kids over here like, I just, I've got to get in a fine arts credit. And then you have the ones in the middle who really should be exploring their arts. Yeah. I don't understand <laughs> online right now. No, so that's yeah. a total different topic for a different day. But I can't even, I'm choir. I direct a men's chorus. Are you still directing a chorus or are you directing any choruses at all? So I am the lead section leader of the Harmonizers, Alexandra Harmonizers, which is Barbershop Harmony Society. I, so I, I am a part of Alexandra Harmonizers, not as a performing member, but hopefully I'll be doing some future projects with them in a direct position. Yeah. So you get that it's not enjoyable. It's, it's not, not enjoyable, enjoyable as a director. It's not fulfilling. It's not enjoyable as a member. You're doing it out of pure obligation. No matter, I mean, there's a part of you that's like, I'm going to get something out of this today, but it is really hard. It's very, <laughs> very hard. Math is not like music online. And as much as you want to say, I can do specials, I can. And every, every week, man, I am with my kids. Like we are making the most of these specials because they have worked yeah, their tushes off. For <laughs> but it's hard. It's hard to enjoy it. And honestly, this has given like new opportunities. I've been able to do different things with my students that I wouldn't be able to do in person. Amanda joined us for what I have I as a heard. special guest series, which I could probably have done in some sort of fashion in person, but it definitely would have not been as accessible as what it is now where I invite people from all over the world. Normally people I've met through barbershop. I think everyone so far has been a barbershopper and my kids just laugh because they just know that's how I know people, but they've been able to come from all over. She brings somebody on and they'd be like, I do her taxes. <laughs> like, I don't know. It should just be something. Like I'm, I'm her eye doctor. I think I had one family member, but I didn't tell my kids it was a family member. So they don't know, but I think everyone else was a barbershopper. But yeah, so like things like that, that I've had more access to for them and they really enjoy that. But the root of just like a choir class is not a thing. And so you have to try your hardest to get the students to understand like what you want in the future and what could be. And a lot of times it feels like it's not getting through. And so... And you, the worry for me would be, and I'm I'm assuming it's the same as yours, is I would just worry that they're going to fill their time with something else. And I'm not going to have had that chance to just give them that moment, that choral piece, that little spark that just hooks you in. And it's not about the credit anymore, right? It's not about getting, graduating. It's about I just want to feel that again. I want to experience that one more time. And I think that's what we were most worried about. Like we were most worried about that in the holiday season. Like, like what yeah. happens if people stop listening to holiday music because they fill it with something Dominic else. the donkey. I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> like it's a great song by the way. And that's a big fear. Like I, I don't know what my program will look like next year. Right. But you like, will. You know, we're going to do whatever it takes. <laughs> and also imagine all the people who are just going to be like, I need to sing. I've learned about this. I have heard so. about this in the distant past. Yeah. Back in the before 2021. The before times? Before times. Yes. I have to be the, the Grinch that cuts this off, speaking of holiday music, because Tessa, we have had such a fun time with you today, so we'll have to have you back. But everyone, go and check out Hot Pursuit. You will not be disappointed. And we can't wait to have you back on stage in Hershey or Louisville or wherever. Yeah. <laughs> but thank you so much for joining thank us. Thank you for having me. Thank you so, so, so much. See you next Tuesday. See you next Tuesday.